My name is Stuart. You are now locked into the Media Outcast. Whether it's film reviews, TV after shows, or wrestling talk, or discussions about Marvel and DC. Arsenal match reactions, video game chats. You're in the right place. Stay tuned and enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Media Outcast. My name's Stuart, and today I cannot believe I'm about to say these words, but today we are reviewing Power Rangers the movie. 2017 reboot of Power Rangers. Never in a million, million, billion years did I think I could sit through a Power Rangers movie. I am a 24-year-old film student. Um, Power Rangers is the most ridiculous thing in the world that I enjoyed when I was five years old. But I got to sit and tell you this reboot is very different and it's the reason I chose this to kick off my film reviews. Um, it's very, very alternative and different to what Power Rangers is about and which is surprising considering the producer of the original TV series Power Rangers is also the producer of this show. I thought they were, I thought they were going to keep it true to what it was which I didn't want. I wanted to see something different. I wanted to see them change it and make it modern and turn it into, you know, something that's more watchable for someone my age. And it was. So we're going to talk about that today. So Power Rangers is directed by Dean Israelite. Um, he's a very new director, which I like. I like when um, franchises... You know, Marvel do it quite a lot. Um, they they want to take these producers, directors, actors. They want to take the cast and crew. You know, they want to catch them early before they hit before they hit their stride, so that their stride is on their on on these production companies, franchises, and movies. I like that they bring in lesser known names who have something to prove to the rest of Hollywood. That is something I prefer. Because you always tend to get something uh, where it's a bit more, where they stretch the line, you know, like they try to, you know, step over the boundaries and do something a bit different to, you know, put their stamp in Hollywood. And I, I love that. So I'm glad they brought, um, he's only got one film to his name, only one film in his entire um, career as a director called Project Almanac, a sci-fi movie about teenagers. Doesn't that sound familiar? You know, so this was right up his alley. Clearly, they've seen that film. Clearly, the production studio have seen that film and be like, yeah, like this is what we want Power Rangers to look like. We want it changed and we want it to look like this. That's why we need this guy. So uh, I think that film got him this gig. Um, and, you know, he done a really great job. One thing I will credit is the cinematography in this film. Man, it is good. It is very, very good. Like they've clearly the um, the cinematography here has been well thought out. It's not just follow Hollywood format A to B so that you can follow your story. They've went for a lot of more um, indie, almost indie film um, camera angles and shots, which I really enjoy. A lot of long takes, which Hollywood 
<laughs> do not do. <laughs> long takes do not exist in Hollywood. Long shots do, but long takes do not. Uh, they always do quick, quick takes, very short takes in Hollywood. So it's nice to see a lot of long takes in this. It's it it feels it's not alternative, but the the feel of the cinematography feels like an alternative indie film on a Hollywood story, and it's a perfect combination. And I'm going to talk about more about this movie because I got to say I'm one of the people. I saw Power Ranger. I remember when it came out. I remember all the promo for it. I saw it and I was like, no way, I am not watching that. You must be joking. There's no way I'm watching that. Took me a year to get round to actually sitting and watching it. I only watched it um, a day before I'd done this review. And that was my first time watching it. Watched it on Netflix. And I'm telling you, um, it surprised me. Really surprised me. Because I thought, you know what? Let me let me give it a chance. Let me just give it a go. And I thought, if I don't like it, I'll turn it off halfway through. You know, I'll watch it for 20 minutes. If I'm not feeling it, turn it off and forget about it. But never, there was not one point in this film where I thought, no, I don't want to watch this. I loved it. It was good. It was really good. It was produced by Haim Sabin. Of course, Sabin. The original producer of the Power Rangers from the very beginning. Uh, the producer of the whole franchise. He was the original producer of the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Which I watched when I was about five years old on TV. Um, it's starring... So these are the these are the um, actors and actresses who play the main cast, the Power Rangers. And what I like about this is again, most of them... Um, you know, no, not most of them. All of them are in are early in their careers, which is great. It's great if you want to have your, all your superstar cast. That if you want to have your superstar cast, bring in a bunch of kids that are new to Hollywood and have something to prove, because they'll all be working hard to say this franchise is going to be good and it's going to be as good as any other franchise. We're going to make sure that this puts our career, um. 10 steps ahead you know it's it's perfect to bring in you know all these you know an entire group of um hungry um creative people in the industry who all want to go to the next level in hollywood and i think it's perfect it was perfect so it stars um i apologize if i'm not saying his name right uh daker daikri dacri probably dacri dacri montgomery who plays Jason Scott, the Red Ranger. He is most famous for Stranger Things. He's one of the lead actors in Stranger Things. You know, so he's made his name in the past couple of years. And a very, um, very edgy TV show. Yeah. If you guys haven't seen Stranger Things, I suggest you go on Netflix and watch that. That is, uh, yeah, I mean, that that's a really, it's a strong show. Very strong. You know, it's not it's not a show that you take lightly. You know, there's a lot of heavy topics in it. So I already know he's a good actor. Um but he's probably the most famous out of the out of the uh, main cast. And when I say main cast, I mean the ones who played the Power Rangers, the focus of the film. I know there were bigger actors in other roles, but the main cast were the young up and coming rising stars in Hollywood. So 
We have Dacry Montgomery as Jason Scott, the Red Ranger, who's, you know, he's the leader. He really is the lead, leading, um, he plays the lead, the leading role of this film. Although I'd say he's not the one who stole the show in this film. I will talk more about that afterwards. So we have D- Dacry Montgomery as Jason Scott, Red Ranger. Then we have Naomi Scott, who plays Kimberly Hart, the Pink Ranger. Um, she's actually, she's definitely a rising star. She's one that people definitely, definitely are looking at as, you know, one of the next big things in Hollywood because she's been casted um, in the past, in the past year, I think. She's been casted as Jasmine in the live action film of Aladdin. You know, so that's a pretty big deal. That's one. Of, uh, that's a film that Disney really want to push to the heights. You know, I mean, Disney have Star Wars and Marvel, but Disney want to have their own films that that came from Disney, not uh stuff that Disney have bought. But they want to have their own films, their classic films, make a comeback, and have live actions because uh, it's not just um it's not just Aladdin. There's quite a lot of these classic Disney animated films that have now got um commission for live action movies so aladdin's one of them uh definitely one of the biggest and she's been cast as jasmine she got a lot of criticism uh it's unfair to criticize her for it i think if you're gonna criticize anyone you should criticize disney i'm not saying the criticize uh, the criticism is fair or anything i'm just saying if you're gonna point your fingers you can't point at the person who got the acting role She's not going to turn it down, is she? You know, um, I don't want to get into all that, by the way. <laughs> let me let me stop there. I'm going off on a tangent a little bit. But the criticism was about the fact that she's not Arab and she's playing Jasmine. Uh, and I'm just going to leave that there. If you want to look more into that, look it up online and you'll see all about the criticism. If you guys are interested in me doing a podcast about it, I am happy to do it. You guys just hit me up on my social medias. It will be on the outro. Um, you can hit me up and... If you're interested in hearing about that, I can get a discussion going about that, but that's not for this podcast. So, that's Naomi Scott, who plays Kimberly Hart, Pink Ranger, and then Ludi, I'm probably saying this wrong, Um, Ludi Lin, who plays Zach Taylor, the Black Ranger. um, He's an up-and-coming, he's another up-and-coming actor, and he's set to appear in DC Extended Universe's Aquaman um so that's a pretty you know that's someone who's really going to be in the map in the next uh, few years because um he's in he's going to be in he's playing a pretty yeah as far as I know he's playing a pretty big role in the Aquaman movie and that's going to be a big film it's one of DC's huge franchise films so you know I mean I look forward to seeing what comes from him he was good in this film he was one of the standouts, in my opinion. Um, definitely stood out a lot in this film. We'll get more into that. And then we have R.J. Siler. I don't know if that's how you say it. R.J. Siler, who plays Billy Cranston, the Blue Ranger. Um, he's an actor who has been very... Um, he's got a lot of positive critiques from uh film film critics um for a film that was 
won a lot of awards in the indie scene. Uh, won awards at the Sundance Festival, and it's called Me and Earl and the Dying Girl. Very well received at the Sundance Festival in 2015, I think. So he's a rising star as well. He's made his name on the independent uh, film scene. You know, so he was he's the one who stole the show, in my opinion. We'll get more into that. Then we have Becky G, who plays Trini Kwan, the Yellow Ranger. She is more famous for her career as a Latin pop star. She's appeared in a series. She's appeared in one TV series, Empire, for two episodes. Uh, yeah, so she had a brief appearance in Empire, pretty popular TV show in America. But she is like she's a um, she's like a glow. She's a gold plat. Sorry, <laughs> let me start that again. Platinum award-winning um, pop star in I think it's Mexico. Yeah, in Mexico. So she's like very famous over there for her music, but now she's getting into her acting career. So all the more power to her. She's another one of these multimedia stars. Music, acting, all of it. And, uh, you know, she was good. Yeah, she was pretty good in this. And I look forward to seeing more from her. Now, Brian Cranston. Not Billy Cranston. Billy Cranston is the Blue Ranger. But Brian Cranston, the actor who plays Zordon. Now, Zordon, he's like the wise old leader who gives them all you know, advice and, you know, all that sort of stuff, you know, the typical role, like in, you get them in all these sorts of films, you know, like, like in, he reminded me a lot of uh, Professor X and X-Men, this film had a very strong X-Men vibe, which we'll get into when we've delved in a bit more into the film, Um, yeah, so Brian Cranston plays Zordon, very established name, Brian Cranston, Breaking Bad, uh, he's been in a ton of films, uh, made his name on Malcolm in the Middle. So he's he's a very big actor. You know, he was one of the two very established names who were in this film. But the main cast was young. It's a good mixture of um, experience and youth. And then the other um, established actress was Elizabeth Banks. We all know who she is. She's been in... At least 30 Hollywood films. Um, she's been around a while. She plays Rita. The antagonist. Who's the main villain of this story. Very famous villain in the Power Rangers franchise as well. They changed her look. In my opinion. Um, her look was far too much. She looked far too much like um, Hela. From Thor Ragnarok. In Marvel's... Um, collection of films uh far too similar just doesn't look as good um and i think that was a problem the entire film every time i see her i'm thinking well she looks like hella but a weak version of hella you know so i i mean i can't i can't i can't think for a second that they didn't notice that they must have noticed that she looks like hella in fact i'd say they took inspiration from hella if anything so that is the cast now um okay so yeah like i said the villain and the wise master are more established actors 
Uh, but the focus is on the young actors who are up and coming in Hollywood. I've got a few points about the casting. So, the Black Ranger um, isn't black in the movie. In the original TV series, um, <laughs> of course. You need to remember the time that it came out as well. I think that's an important that's important to take in when I when I say this. Um the Black Ranger was a black person in the original series. I think it was a different time. Um ideas in America were a bit different. Uh the views on television for race were represented very differently back then. It's a lot more about um, equality and race and gender now. But back then, you know, you know, there was a black ranger, so he must be black. You, do you know what I mean? Like, that's just the way it was then. Um, that That's just the kind... I don't mean that that's the way Americans were. That is not what I mean. Um, what I mean is that it's, there was just a certain way that the media would represent uh, minorities... Um, in their movies and their TV shows back in back in those days, and I think you have to take you have to keep that in, like you have to keep that as the context of it that it was a different time. The Black Ranger was a black person, but this time, of course, they had to they changed that, and um, it would be seen as probably politically incorrect offensive probably or too like on the nose black ranger black person you know it's i'm glad they changed that i think it needed to happen it doesn't fit in with 2018's um ideals around the world especially in america so i'm glad they changed that and the blue ranger is a black person now and i think the message that they're given there is that hey look um we're not we're not taking the black person out what we're saying is that just be, like you, you we don't we're not putting labels on it like it doesn't matter that he's black there is no attention to the fact that he's black in this film which i like i like the fact that the black person in this film there is no attention at all to the fact that he's black like there shouldn't be it's not about skin color and i'm glad that they done that i think it's necessary i think there's a lot of films today even that still have this problem and I'm glad that they've moved away from that and said, look, this is a cast of uh, different people from different places, different walks of life, because that's how life works in most places. Um, you know, and they're, and they're taking race out of it. That race doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that they're different races. You know, there's no attention to it. You know, which I enjoy. I enjoy that. I'd, I wouldn't want them to bring attention to it. Like the Yellow Ranger was Asian. Um, in the original show, this time she's Latin. They still have an Asian in it. They've just switched them around a bit because they didn't have a Latin. You know, they didn't have a Latina in the show in the original TV series. And you know, I f I feel like um, okay, I I do feel a little bit like they've brought attention to it here um, because you know they already had they had a black person, they had an Asian. You know, they felt like, you know, oh, all we're missing here is an, is a Latin, you know? You know, it felt a little bit like that. Like, all we're missing now is someone Hispanic to complete that circle of, you know, the, the um, what would I, how would I put it? The common races that you might come across in America, 
in the average city in America. Like, I feel like that that's the sort of thing they've done there to complete it. Like, if if there wasn't a Hispanic there, people might be saying, you know, why is it you have an Asian, you have a black, you have a white, but you don't have a Hispanic? You know, I feel like they just wanted that represented. And maybe it comes across as a little bit forced, but I'm okay with it. She was good. They didn't, like, bring any cliche attention to it in the actual film, which I'm glad about. But I didn't have a problem with it, personally. Um, there was a real lack of romance in this film. You know, I think, uh, from what I remember, when I was a kid, Power Rangers was all about romance. About, you know, the Pink Ranger and the Red Ranger and, like, all these, like, they, they were all... Because they're teenagers, you know? They were, there was always, like, love in the air between the different males and females. I'm actually glad that that's not the, that's not the, uh, the focus of this film. I didn't want it to. They teased the Red Ranger and the Pink Ranger, Jason Scott and Kimberly Hart, but they didn't go for it. They just teased it and just put it out there like, oh, maybe there's some, maybe there's some attraction there, but nothing, but nothing happened. And I enjoy that because I feel like it would take away from what the story is actually about here. Um, I think it was important. If it happens in future movies, that's fine. Because um, this film was really about establishing them as characters and you don't want to establish a character as just someone who's in romance. I feel like that's the problem far too often with women in um, action films. Is that they're just there to be um, romantic. And have a, you know, they're just there as love interests. And I'm glad that wasn't the case here. I was very happy about that, personally. So like I said before, the villain reminded me a lot of Hela, Rita. She reminded me a lot of Hela. The name is even similar. Like, oh my... It's just... Because she didn't look like that in the original TV series. That's why I say she's like Hela. Because Hela, you know, she, she was brought to the films very recently. Like, she was brought to the big screen recently. She always looked like that in the comics. But they brought it to screen recently. And it feels like they have kind of copied it, to be honest with you. Probably, I mean, I don't know, but it definitely seems that way. Um, Elizabeth Banks is a good actor. She is. But man, that accent was rough around the edges. I'd, you know, at times it sounded American. At times it sounded <laughs> like Chicago. You know, like at times she sounded like she's from Chicago. Then other times she sounded like she was from Moscow. You know, you know, so it was weird. I didn't. The accent was just terrible. It was just all over the place. Didn't enjoy that. It made her come across as a little bit of a joke. It wasn't a good accent. I'll admit the plot was quite thin. I think it was more about the um, story arc of certain characters rather than an overall plot. The An overall plot wasn't really there, to be honest. I don't think that's what it was about, an overall plot. Um, so... This is a film about teenagers who get powers and how they adapt to it. That's the story arc for each each for each teenager, there's a different story arc for each of them. And I like that they were very different um they react differently to this. Um it affects them differently. And I like that. You know? I like that they all had a different sort of uh 
there was a different chain reaction to each of them after finding out that they've got these powers which i enjoyed some people were happy some people were not some people were unsure you know some people rejected it it was good it was a good mix of all the different reactions that you would get in that situation so i enjoyed that um let's see uh, my my favorite moment in this film was definitely Billy's false death. Now, Billy's false death was great, and I think the reason it was great, I was worried when I was watching it because usually when you get these situations, you know they come back too quickly. When someone appears to have died in a film, they come back too quick and they don't sit on it. You know you. You know, when you do something like that, you have to you have to let, let it stew for a while and let the audience feel that, you know, let it go on for a while so that you think, oh, no, they actually are gone. And I did because it dragged long enough where I thought, oh, they actually he's actually dead. Like, wow, this is crazy. This is a Power Rangers film like this is quite dark and I like it. It's edgy. It's gritty. And I, I love it. And then, then they brought him back at the right time when I was up, like, I'd gotten to the point where I got past um, the idea that he was coming back and I became more, like, upset that he was gone. I was like, man, that's a shame. And then they brought him back and then I had the sense of relief rather than the, oh, of course. Because if they'd done it too soon, I'd be like, oh, yeah, of course. Great trick, guys, you got me. <laughs> you know, that would have been more my reaction if they brought him back too soon. The fact that they didn't bring him back straight away, I was like, oh yeah, this is cool. I'm glad he's back now. Like it went on long enough for me to be glad that he's back, if that makes sense. So that for me, that was the best moment. Um, soundtrack was great. Soundtrack was very cool. It made the action scenes much more cool than they were. <laughs> I've got to be honest, they weren't great, but... You know, it made them a lot better. Definitely made them better. Um, I like the fact that they made references to other franchises. For me, that does add a little bit of realness to it. The fact that um, RJ Siler, who plays Billy Cranston, said um, Billy Cranston or Cranston. I think it's Billy Cranston. Um, he references Iron Man, Spider-Man and Bumblebee from Transformers. That was very cool. It brought a little bit of realism to it. The fact that he's mentioning that. The fact that in their world they exist. You know. So that's cool. Um, speaking, of trans speaking of Transformers. Uh, <laughs> okay. 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 I'm not going to get into an argument on what came first. I'm just going by what I watched. And what it reminded me of. Okay. We could get into a debate. What came first, Transformers or Power Rangers? Was Transformers some a novel, you know, like a graphic novel before it was a animated show? When did the animated show start? Did it come before Power Rangers? I'm not going to get into that. But what I'm going to say is, man, this was far too much like Transformers at the end. At the end fight was not good. The music made it bearable. But the... <laughs> It was too much like Transformers, and Transformers films are very bad. So, 
You don't want to be reminded of very bad movies when you're watching something. You don't. You don't want your movie to ref to feel like another very bad movie. You don't want that. Um, now I didn't. You know, with the Zords, and then they transformed into one big Zord, and the fact that uh, Billy Cranston referenced Bumblebee from Transformers. Wasn't a fan of that. <coughs> Sorry. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, I'm speaking too much. That's what it is. <laughs> so, I saw something pretty epic. So, when they uh, when they done the Transformers thing and they turned into um, Megatron. Sorry, Megazord. See how similar the name is. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's it's on the nose, right? So they're Megazord, right? So when they're fighting, and then there's a big gold machine that they're fighting, big gold monster, metal monster machine. They they done a German suplex. If you're a wrestling fan, you know what that is. I got to admit that was the sickest moment in this film. It wasn't really, but it just got. I got really excited. I got super excited when I saw that. I was like, "German suplex, suplex city," you know. <laughs> so that's that's the way I was. I I definitely got a big. Uh, they got a big reaction out of me from that. I imagine they put that in there because they knew that wrestling fans would freak out when they saw it. I mean, we saw two giant robots fighting and then one of them German suplexed the other. <laughs> it was amazing. I absolutely loved that. Um, I think I thought it was a very interesting concept for the armor that the Power Rangers were wearing, you know, their suits. Because in the TV series, it's always been... It's just looked like a suit that they, you know, like clothes they put on. Um, but what I liked is that it almost felt like a armor that was in their DNA, you know, like it wasn't a suit, it was like something that grew from inside them, around them, rather than something you put on, like it definitely felt part of them, like an extension of them, which is what they say, and it felt that way, you know, like in sci-fi movies, you get aliens and they have armour, but it's like part of their skin, that's the way the armour felt, which I liked, I really liked that, I liked the, the concept of the armour, it was like an extension of their skin. So that was cool. Fighting scenes are much better now. I was very worried about the very corny um, combat that you get in Power Rangers. Because it's very bad. And I was worried that they were going to do this in the film as a, th as a reference to the TV show. So glad they didn't and they went for the more realistic um, fighting styles that you get in films. And it looked great. Looked great. My fa my favourite part of the combat was not the big machines. It was when they were just fighting, like combat. Uh, fighting like these weird uh, rock monsters. It was cool. Definitely got Star Trek, um, X-Men sort of vibes from all that. Definitely. Um... Jason Scott was supposed to be the lead, 100%. But I didn't feel it. Uh, Billy Cranston felt like the absolute standout focus of this film. Billy Cranston seemed like the lead leading character in this entire film. Um, Jason Scott, who's the Red Ranger, who's always the focus in Power Rangers. Uh, he wasn't in this film. 
it felt more like the Blue Ranger, Billy Cranston, uh, played by RJ Siler, was much more the focus, in my opinion. So, um, I okay, oh yeah, 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 we have to talk about this. It was a nice touch. I didn't expect it. It's it sort of ambushed me, like took me by surprise. Which I guess is what they were trying to do there. Um, the Latina who plays Trini Kwan, the Yellow Ranger. She's gay. I mean, they didn't say it, but they definitely hinted at it that she's gay. Very strong hints as well. And I think that's a very interesting idea that they're putting into it. And I hope uh, if there is a sequel, I hope that they stick with that and we see that and they they go further with that. So far as to, you know, she has a girlfriend. We see, you know, maybe um, two women kissing each other on screen. You know, I like that. I like that they're trying to push the boundaries a little bit there uh, by taking this. Because it's more, it's relatable for a, you know, if a high, a female high school student, you know, if a 15 year old girl who's, you know, who, who secretly, you know, she likes girls, but she's too afraid to say it. You know, she can watch this and she can be inspired by this um, superhero who's a female who's also gay. And I like that. I like that she's gay. I, I, I do. I enjoy that. Usually when they do that in shows and films, it feels too forced and it feels like they're just doing it because they want to have someone gay in their show. So no one complains. But this in this occasion, I, I think it works and I think they should run with it. Run as far as they can with that. Because it's only going to make the films more compelling to watch, in my opinion. So I really enjoyed that a bit. Really did. But it took me by surprise, definitely. Um, there's definitely a darker tone. But there is a lot of cliches. You know, from like the bully hitting... You know, the bully... Um, you know, like you know the, you know the the um, the geek in school, the loner who everyone bullies, gets powers, and then the bully tries to hit him, and then he gets hurt, trying to hit him, and he's like, I don't want to fight you. It was a, there was a lot of cliches like that. Uh, the emo girl who's antisocial, the Latina, um, Trini Kwan, she was emo antisocial. There was far too many stereotypes and cliches in this film. In my opinion, um, they could have they could have been a little bit more original in some of their, you know, in some of their ideas. There was some stuff that was very original, but there wasn't enough of that in the film. In my opinion, Zach was a nice character. Um, he, I really liked him. Zach Zach was a very interesting character. Um, I like the scene where there um, there's a campfire. They're all sitting on top of the mountain, uh, all the all the Power Rangers, you know, they're all sitting there at night and they say, you know, we need to get to know each other a bit better. Then he opens up and I like that because it, what it tells the story of is that this is, a, this is a young man who really has a lot on his chest and he has no one to share it with. And at the first, mo the first chance he gets to share all the stuff that he's going through, he jumped at it and he just came out with it. 
top of his lungs and told everyone and says that's who I am you know these these this smiling and cocky attitude it's a mask here's the real stuff that's going on in my life and that's why I need you guys because I don't have friends I don't have anyone else and I'm afraid that my um, ill mother is going to die and I'm gonna have no one that's why you guys need to stick with me that's why I'm gonna stick by you guys as well like it was very strong a very strong moment but took me by surprise when they're all sitting around and saying we need to get to know each other I thought they were gonna do somewhere like hey my name's Zach I live here and this is what I like doing and then they just go around a circle I was like oh no this is gonna be terrible but when he done that I was I was taken back I was like wow this is good I love this it's perfect absolutely perfect made him stand out in this film um definitely the campfire was that and the scene with Billy Cranston dying are the two strongest scenes in this film and they are very strong scenes scenes I wouldn't expect from a film based on just looking at it like oh it's a Power Rangers film we're not good I would never think we get scenes like that you know one scene where a kid dies in a believable death like just straight away boom dead murder right and then another one where a kid says I'm looking after my ill because there's a lot of kids in that situation they have a mother who's sick and they're there by themselves they don't have a father there and they have to look after their mother while trying to grow up and live their own life and it's and you know they they can't live their own life because they're so stuck in um looking after their mother in fear that she is going to die so i thought i thought that that was perfect an absolutely perfect um scene in my opinion and it's pro- I, I mean i got to be honest it's probably the best scene of the movie 100% i don't think there is a better scene in that film in my opinion um yeah i don't think it gets better than that in my opinion kimberly was unlikable frustrating and a character that i just couldn't get on board with like i couldn't i just couldn't get on board with who she is all the time i just thought man i don't like this girl she didn't have a lot of she didn't have a lot of depth to her I feel like if she had more substance I could I could understand her more even though she is unlikable I could have understood why she is but there just wasn't much to her and I really hope in a sequel we can get her fleshed out more so I can understand her because I feel like I don't like her and I feel like I might be able to if I can understand why the character is the way she is and we just didn't get that unfortunately I really do think that this is a clever attempt at taking one of the most um over the top franchises that are too hard to watch as an adult. You watch it and you're thinking this is just stupid. And making it realistic and feel like it's set in the real world and not in some crazy world for kids. Uh following similar formulas to that of Marvel Studios. Like I said strong vibes of X-Men, you know, Professor X is Zordon. Jason Scott is Cyclops, Kimberly Hart is Jean Grey, uh Billy Cranston is Hank McCoy. There's a lot of very strong X-Men vibes to it. Uh I definitely think they've took some inspiration from X-Men. 
Um, the post credit scene tease is very Marvel-like. It teases the Green Ranger coming in in the next film. So they clearly made this film with the intention of doing a second one. And probably more after that. Uh, yeah, probably you're going to see more of them. And I think um, they're looking to turn this into a franchise, a long franchise. And good luck to them. Uh, it's a great start, I think. I think they probably surprised a lot of people. A lot of people would have saw this and thought, ah, this is going to be terrible. I was one of them. Completely changed my opinion. Can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm looking forward to a Power Rangers sequel. <laughs> it's crazy to even say that. So I give this film a rating of 7 out of 10. Some of the acting was sloppy. Emotional pull was there at the right moments, but the villain was weak. Uh, the villain was very weak. Um, the arc of underdogs and people from different walks of life uh, shows some really good social commentary in terms of uh, where these people come from and their different ethnic backgrounds and how that affects what their household is like at home. It shows a real difference in people, uh, overall good, and it definitely has my eyes peeled for a second one. This was my review of Power Rangers the movie. The reboot came out in 2017. And I'm out of here, man. I hope you enjoyed that. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Leave a review on the podcast. Let me know what you think. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Stu underscore place. And of course, subscribe to my YouTube channel, Stu Plays. I'll catch you later on the next episode of the Media Outcast. See ya!